continue the series on repentance from dead works. And in today's session, we want to discuss grace because um, with regards to salvation, with regards to this doctrine of repentance from dead works, we need to understand how grace uh, is um, forms part of the doctrine because um, quite often grace gets uh, misused, misunderstood in the church and uh, particularly around this doctrine of repentance from dead works and walking uh, free of sin and walking in righteousness, uh, the doctrine of grace is, as I say, uh, gets a bit of abused. And so we want to just uh, explain how grace does impact on this particular doctrine. And there's four areas we want to touch on today. We want to touch on the fact that we are saved by grace, the fact that grace keeps our spirits alive, um, and that grace enables us, and that grace gives us time to repent. And so that's the, the, the framework that we'll work around with regards to the topic of grace as it impacts on this doctrine of repentance from dead works. So obviously the first uh, section we want to start off with today is the fact that we are saved by grace. Um, the scripture we'll open up with today is in John's Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 14 to 17. The scripture says, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so we see that when our Lord Jesus Christ came into the earth, he introduced us to the concept of grace and truth. And it is by the grace of God that we are able to partake of the kingdom of God. And so um, prior to our Lord coming into the earth, the earth understood the law. Um, the law was given through Moses. And the earth did not have any understanding of the grace of God. There was not a lot of um, understanding, even among the saints uh, under the old covenant, uh, pertaining to the grace of God. They understood that God was... Um, a holy God and a righteous God and they had to serve him and obey him um, and there was fear of him but the concept of his mercy even though we see so much of that mentioned in the book of Psalms for, for example um, it wasn't a concept that was really understood and grace wasn't really understood now the reason for that is is because grace and truth was introduced into the earth through the Lord Jesus Christ he is the one who introduced us to the concept of grace. And so we are saved by grace. Um, it is not uh, any kind of works that we can do in order to gain access to this kingdom that we belong to. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is very clear on the subject. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so there's a, a, a quite a few truths in just this short passage of Scripture that we can understand how um, this whole concept of grace works. But the point is, is that we're saved by grace. None of us deserve salvation. There is no one on the planet who deserves to be saved. Everybody deserves to incur the wrath of God for eternity because everybody before they come into the kingdom of God are enemies of God. No matter how good a lifestyle they try to lead, 
Nevertheless, they are still enemies of God. And so it is the mercy of God, it is the grace of God that allows us into his kingdom. Now when the scripture says, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, that particular comment there is not really pertaining to the grace of God, because the, the grace of God and the gift of God, it's one and the same thing. Um, grace is God's gift, it's not something that can be earned. But the gift of God that he's referring, referring to, excuse me, in this passage of scripture, is for by grace you have been saved through faith. And so the faith is the gift of God. And so even the faith that we need to believe the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is imparted to us by God as His grace. And so everything that we receive when we come into this kingdom is given to us freely by the grace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's where a lot of religious people stumble with regards to the gospel because they cannot understand the concept that God would allow a sinner into his kingdom based on somebody else paying the price for their sins. Because in their minds, God expects us to lead righteous lifestyles. And so what they try and do is they try and lead as, as righteous a lifestyle as possible and thus earn their salvation before God. God, look at how hard I've tried, so you should now allow me into your kingdom because I really have tried to live a good life before you. And that is the concept on how to get into heaven, into the kingdom of God. God says, no, that's not going to cut it. You're not going to get in that way. What you have to do is you have to just accept the fact that my son has paid the price for your uh, sinful lifestyle. And if you just accept that freely, I'm going to let you in. Um, because it is my grace that will let you into my kingdom, not your works. And so, as I say, um, religious people stumble with this particular truth. It, it's the main truth of the gospel, obviously. Um, but their minds, they cannot get around the fact that God would be... They, don't, they think God's unjust, really, by doing that. How, how, how is that possible that God can allow a, a person who is sinful into his kingdom based on the fact that somebody else paid the price for their sin? That they cannot grasp. Um, and yet that is the grace of God. And that's how we come into this kingdom. It is freely given to us. Everything. There's nothing we bring into this kingdom. Even the faith that we need to believe in the gospel is given to us. It is a gift of God. And so that's the concept that we get introduced to when we come into this kingdom. Outside of Christ, we don't partake of grace and truth. Outside of Christ... Everybody is really under the wrath of God. In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1 is very clear that all unbelievers are under the wrath of God. They do not understand the grace of God. Why is that? Because one can only partake of the grace of God in Jesus. For he is the one who introduced us to grace and to truth. Uh, outside of Jesus, there is no grace. And so we only understand the concept once we come into the kingdom. <clears throat> and so Romans chapter 5, 1-2 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so it's a very important concept for us to understand here 
is that not only are we saved by grace, you know, it, it's a gift given to us by God freely. His Son has paid the price for our salvation. Which we are required purely to believe that. And even as I say, the faith that we get to believe that is given to us by God. It's a gift from God. We saw that in Ephesians. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And so everything is given to us for our salvation. Um, and so that's our introduction to this kingdom, is that we are given this eternal life freely. We're given everything by God freely. We earn nothing in order to come into this kingdom. Now, once we are in the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus, what Jesus does is he places us in grace. For the scripture says, let's go back to it and read it again. Um, in Romans chapter 5, 2, it says, Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And so all Christians, and it's only born-again believers that stand in this place, are standing in grace. And it's very important that we do stand there, and we'll see that now, because the rest of the world are standing in a place where the wrath of God abides on them. But once we come into the kingdom of God in Christ, well now the wrath of God no longer abides on us, the grace of God abides on us. Why? Because we are in Christ. He has placed us into this grace in which we stand. Now we get in there by faith. And as I said, that faith as well is given to us freely by God. It's not something that we bring of our own. It's not our own faith. It's given to us freely. But it's very important for us as Christians to stand in this place of grace. Why is that? Well, we need to understand Excuse me. <clears throat> what actually transpired um, or what does transpire um, among all unbelievers in the earth. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. The scripture says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. We've touched on this passage of scripture already. But we just need to relook at it today to understand this concept of grace. This passage of scripture is very clear to us that death enters through sin. Sin is the vehicle that death requires in order for um, it to be able to gain access to the lives of individuals. Now the death that it's referring to is in fact spiritual death. And the scripture says that all have uh, sinned, and death has spread to all men because all have sinned. Now, in um, understanding the concept of how that works, we need to go back to the Garden of Eden, because that's where the sin originated, and that's where spiritual death originated in the earth. And that occurred, spiritual death occurred, based on one transgression, the sin that Adam and Eve uh, committed in the Garden of Eden. Sorry. <clears throat> Um, because what transpired on that occasion, God said to them, 
Uh, you can eat of every fruit of the uh, every fruit of the trees in the Garden of Eden, but the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you're not allowed to eat because in the day that you eat of that uh, tree or that fruit, you will surely die. Now our Lord was referring to spiritual death. They partook of the fruit, and when they did, they died spiritually. Now the reason that Adam and Eve died spiritually was because they were under law. There was no grace there. Because they were, they, they, all they had was one commandment given to them by God, that you not to eat of that, uh, the fruit of that tree. They transgressed that commandment. And the moment they transgressed that commandment, they died spiritually. There was no grace. It wasn't a case of God said, okay, you've partaken of one fruit. Next time, it, it will happen. You will die spiritually. And you're under grace. I will forgive you this time. No, there was no forgiveness there. There was no grace extended to Adam and Eve. The moment that they committed that transgression, they died spiritually. Now the whole world lives in that uh, environment. The whole world is under law. They're not under grace. And so when the world commits sin, the consequence of their sin is spiritual death. Immediate. It doesn't, there's no time period, there's no grace given. There's no second or third chance. It is the moment that they commit sin that they die spiritually. Because that's what happened to Adam and Eve. The, the, only, the only sin they ever committed. And they died spiritually and they were cut off from the life of God straight away. And so we need to understand that concept. So what actually happened is in Genesis chapter 3 verse 22 and 23, our Lord kind of opens up our understanding to watch what transpired. Think about the fruit that Adam and Eve partook of. The fruit was the knowledge of good and evil. So they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now when they partook of that fruit, the scripture says their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked. And so for the first time, they now had knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because they had partaken of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't partaking of the fruit that caused their spirits to die. The, it was the act of sin that caused their spirits to die. And so the, the transgression against the law of God was the sin, and death could enter in through that sin. The fruit itself of that tree, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, was not a poisonous fruit. A lot of people seem to try and uh, extrapolate that out to think, okay, that partook of the poisonous tree or the poisonous fruit and that's what killed them. Not at all. That the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a very necessary fruit for this point that we're going to discuss now that had to take place in the earth. But it, there was nothing wrong with it. We need to understand that because God created everything good, the Bible says, including the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a good tree. It's, it was in the Garden of Eden. God created it. It wasn't an evil tree. It was the knowledge of, the, of good and evil. But it wasn't the, the fruit in itself wasn't evil. And so when Adam and Eve partook of that fruit, the act of partaking of the fruit was the sin which killed the spirits. But when they partook of the fruit, something happened. The Bible says their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked. It won. Their eyes were now opened because they now had knowledge of good and evil because they had just partaken of that fruit. 
And so what were the eyes that were opened on that occasion? Let's just have a look at what our Lord says about that in Genesis 3, 23. Scripture says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. Now, is God evil? Not at all. God is good. Jesus said so. God is the only one who is good, actually. Um, and so God's not evil. And what God said about Adam and Eve, when they partook of that fruit, he said that man has become like one of us. So it wasn't the, the, the spiritual death aspect that had made Adam and Eve now like God and God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. That wasn't it at all because spiritual death is, is, is contrary to God. That is against the nature of God. But the knowledge of good and evil made um, Adam and Eve like God because God has knowledge of good and evil. And so now Adam and Eve also had knowledge of good and evil. So in that respect, they had become like God. Now we look at what happened. Because God expands on it. He says, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. So in that light, Adam and Eve had now become like God because they also now had the same knowledge that God has of good and evil. They didn't become, uh, God is not evil, and so they became evil like God, not at all. They just now had knowledge of that. And so then God does this. He says, And now, lest he put out his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So we need to have an understanding now of what actually transpired around this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and Adam and Eve now having that knowledge because the Bible says their eyes were opened. And so when their eyes were opened, they now had knowledge of, of good and evil. When their eyes were opened, the scripture is talking about the eyes of their conscience because the conscience of man is given to God, uh, man by God for one purpose only. And that purpose is to know to do good and reject evil. And so the conscience is given to us as a, like a referee says, that's good, that's evil. You can do that, you cannot do that. Why is that? Because the conscience is our knowledge of good and evil. If our conscience wasn't there, we would have no knowledge of good and evil. We would be like Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. They had no knowledge of good and evil. They only had knowledge of, of, of the, a perfect environment. And so without the conscience, mankind would be completely uh, left to his own devices. But God has placed this um, part of man into him called the conscience. Now, it was the eyes of Adam and Eve's conscience that was opened on that day. And at that time, now they knew that they were naked. They knew that to walk around naked in their fallen state before God was, in fact, a, a sinful thing to do, and so they tried to cover themselves. And so their conscience now convicted them of that which was evil and you know, excused them in doing that which is good. Prior to partaking of the fruit, they never had a conscience. It, it was there, but it was there in latent form. It didn't uh, function. So that's how we understand what Paul is talking about. He said, because sin enters, death can only enter through sin. And he said that there was, in the book of Romans, we read it, Romans 5. He says there was only one commandment in the earth, and that was the commandment you can't eat of the 
uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, but nobody could commit that sin anymore because nobody could get to the tree anymore. But people were dying. So he tries to explain it. And the way we explain it is because of the fact that everybody has a conscience. And the moment we transgress our conscience, we are now committing sin. The moment we commit sin, we're, because we're under law, our spirit will die.